You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of March 25th, 2018, episode 73. From the city by the Salish Sea. Hey, that rhymed. I'm AJ Barce. It's three out of nine eight two two six. I still am Chris Powell on this episode. Hey, guess what? You've heard about the nor'easter uh, winter storm. We got a springtime nor'wester. It's called Hurricane Halios. We'll have some horological news for the Watch Fam, some morning rituals that AJ and I go through on a daily basis, and maybe if there's time remaining, some helpful hacks. Sit back and enjoy, boys and girls. This is the Bellingham Podcast. <laughs> Hi, AJ. How are you today? I am good, Chris. How are you? Caffeinated. <laughs> I can tell. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, spring has sprung, and we had, I don't know about you, but I had... Uh, a little bit of a freak snow flurry yesterday. I didn't have any uh, snow flurries, but I definitely am combating the frost on uh, the windshield in the morning and Mm -hmm. still can see my breath. Therefore, it's not quite spring in my book yet. Uh, So quick at the top of the show, I have a quick correction from episode 72. That was last week. That was last week. Every so often, we make mistakes. And uh, one of our listeners uh, pointed out to me that I uh, made mention because we're talking about... We have listeners? We do. Okay. Uh, One of of our listeners uh, pinged me and let me know that uh, I misspoke. Um, the, uh, The Bellingham tournament that I was speaking of for pinball actually happened at the racket, not the ruckus room. They both started with ours. So figure this out. This is how weird Bellingham is or how awesome, depending on how you look at it. You got the racket on State Street. Yes. You got the ruckus room on Railroad. Two pinball joints, starting with the letter R. Yeah. And both are six letters. Yeah. So, color, color me confused. So, yeah, I, I, I was not amply uh, caffeinated. I did not check what I was saying. So my apologies. It was indeed the racket. And the best part about this whole uh, correction, they're both great places they're to go totally to. They're totally great places. They're so skookum for but, pinball. Uh, I'm sure they would not want to be uh, confused with each other. Right, so, right. You know. so, when, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Our top story this episode well, coming from the north, we have a uh, Northwester, and, and the name is Hurricane Halios. Uh, a little bit of a bit for the Watch fam. Haven't had a, a bit like this for a while. And yes, I do know that uh, Basel World is going on. I think it's day three. Uh, I'm not going to make any comments about it until uh, Basel is completely done. So at not 73, but episode 74, we'll probably have a bit on Basel. Um, so that'll be next week. But uh, no, this is kind of more local news because uh, Vancouver has um, some really skookum um, like horological places. One is Roldorf & Co. We mentioned that. So what was cool about that is when uh, when you and I were up there, we met with uh, Jason over at Roldorf & Co. And he had mentioned off the cuff that he was doing a collaborative work on a watch with another Jason, Jason Lim from Halios. Now, Halios isn't uh, perhaps a a big brand, but they are a really cool brand. They carry a big stick. Uh, They do. Like whenever, whenever there is a new release of any of his watches, they sell out in minutes, if not seconds. Like the last Seaforth launch for his watch, and this is, dare I say, a, a micro brand. It's a smaller brand, but anybody who who either has seen uh, a Halios or knows what I'm talking about, everybody's just shaking their head going, yeah. Like it's a really cool, nifty design where it's it doesn't, it borrows from the past, but it is not an homage of anything. They're all uh, really good looking tool watches, rugged, durable, but the... The announcement as of this morning, and you got to remember, there's Jason Lim of Halios and Jason Gallup of Roldorf & Co. Uh, Jason of Roldorf & Co. Sent, pinged me a uh, message on Instagram 
uh, of a post, just an initial draft rendering of what they have uh, created. And I don't know what the, the name of this uh, work is, but it's basically, it's a Seaforth, but it's unlike any other Seaforth that's been in there. And it's very svelte, very minimal, and it comes in stainless steel or uh, in a DLC black which I thought was... You're talking my love language. Oh, dude, when I saw this, the first impression I saw when I saw just this draft rendering is this watch looks like a field watch or if you're familiar with the original Rolex Explorer, this looks like a Rolex Explorer that was built for the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's got numerals on three, six, and nine with a triangle uh, pip uh, at 12. I don't think there's any type of indexing or chapter ring around it, so it's very clean dial. That's it. I mean, it's just very... Minimal, very clean, unknown for pricing, but the uh, those, the few specs that we do know about it is that it'll have a, a DLC for black coating if you want that, or a stainless steel case, and it'll be rocking an ETA 2892-A2, which uh, I'm going to get my, my uh, movement hat on. What's cool about this movement is, I believe, and, and I think Jason confirmed it for me this morning, this is a movement that is meant for time that's it. Like a lot of movements when you when you get a micro brand that does not have a date aperture on the, the dial, there's still a click and it drives uh, some people nuts where it's just like you click it out and it's, oh, that's not the time. You have to click it out one more time. This will be literally if it, you pull it out, it'll hack and you'll be able to set time, push it in. It'll start ticking and you're off to the races, which is a really, really nice uh, feature. I did a little bit of checking, and first of all, after you showed me the the, the uh, sketch up or yeah. the, the photo of this watch, uh, boy howdy, that's a nice looking one. Uh, kudos, looking forward to seeing the finished product. Same here. Uh, flooding Instagram with the hashtag WatchFam, but I did a little bit of checking on the ETA twenty eight ninety two A two. The A is standing for awesome in this case because <laughs> uh, the twenty eight ninety two two is kind of the lower end movement from what I from what I had researched. The A is in the upper scale. So this movement is higher quality. They're using the uh, the custom boutique uh, movement, if you will, for this timepiece because why would you not? Yeah. It, so there yeah, there's lots of different grades of it. So it's not a base it's not the, the just the basic grade. But there's gonna be one of two uh, dial options. One the one that I showed you, which is kind of like like a uh, near black with a black center, and then there's also going to be like a like a uh, a near black with like a cream center. So the Oreo cookie, if you will. Yeah, yeah, Oreo cookie. I like that. No, they, uh, I don't think they like that. Sorry, well, guys. Okay, but sorry. I mean, <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> we're hungry. Well, anyway, uh, anyway, just uh, like so, we're not a news show, but if we did, we'd probably do it better. But it was just something that is it's in our local beat, and these are two companies that are both in my eyes local. I mean, whether there's a Canadian border or not, you know, we're all in the Republic of Cascadia. One so. world, one watch fam, one podcast, <laughs> oh, wow. the Bellingham podcast. Oh, wow. That's good. And speaking of that, you might be listening to us on the air uh, here locally at KMRE 102.3 FM. Low power. Low power community radio here in the heart of the city of subdued excitement. That's right. Anyway, uh, great news and pr probably have a follow-up depending on how things go after Basel World's all taken care of. I, ca I call it Basel World. Basel, Basel. Basel, Basel. You say Basel, I say Basel, 74. whatever. We got your hookup, right? Uh, let's uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit to our morning routine because you know there are times when AJ and I stagger into the workplace, our, respe <laughs> our respective offices, uh, either chomping at the bit or uh, dragon heel. That could work as well. So I, I tried this experiment because I, I'm I'm an observer of society, and I've noticed that there's this thing out there. 
uh, in the Instagram world, the, the universe, there's a thing where people take pictures of food. Have you noticed this, folks? One of the many pictures of food that people take is of an acai bowl, which is a new thing for breakfast um, that consists of a uh, superfood known as acai and um, a little bit of a, a smoothie-style base with uh, fill in the uh, blank with t- choose your own adventure for toppings, which is also to the variety of the pictures that people will post before they dig into their morning uh, f- smoothie uh, bowl. So I wanted to try one out because I want to know what all the hubbub is about. And here in Bellingham, uh, after when I did a little bit of research, one of the top uh, places to go get an acai bowl, should you be interested, is off of Barkley uh, or as off of Woburn Street in the Barkley Hood called Robex. It's a you know, national chain, love them to death, great healthy stuff. Uh, I got there at seven in the morning, right when they opened, because I didn't want to you know have to wait in line because when I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And uh, Travis, the manager at Robex uh, in the Barkley area, Travis, a great job. You made it Instagram worthy. Uh, Travis, you are the goods. He uh, So pretty much I didn't know which one to make, but he recommended the straw banana, uh, which fill, you could probably figure out what was in that. Um, really good ingredients. It was uh, almost a bicep curl worthy uh, bowl with its density and weight. And it's about the size of you know a, a, a salad bowl. Not too big, not too small. And uh, boy, it tasted like, you know, I, I, I often am not talented enough to make smoothies that you can uh, consume through a straw. Oftentimes, I make them really thick, so you'd need a spoon. Uh, this one was very similar. Combine it with some granola and coconut flakes. And oh, the, the, the food hack that I was unaware of that uh, Mr. Travis at Robex uh, uh, did that I was able to observe quietly, you take those little uh, hard-boiled egg uh, slicers that get you the little dollar size. Yeah, yeah, the ones with the, the, the lines, right? Yeah, uh, my, my family calls them the egg burp because we have one that looks like an egg with ah. eyes and stuff like that. So anyway, cool, cool. you take your egg burp, instead of a parboiled egg, you put a strawberry in there. Oh, look, you get nicely fine sliced strawberries to display accordion style over the top <laughs> of your bowl. Dotted with a couple blueberries of choice and uh, some coconut leaves. You got a red, white, and blue bowl of goodness. So uh, that's a great way to start the day. It's about the price of a typical entree in your um, pancake house or whatever type of morning grubville you would uh, visit. But I would say, uh, should you want to go on a health kick and treat yourself? Because I think in some cases, tax returns are starting to filter in. Yeah, Um, yeah. And... Uh, what a great way to start the morning or start off the weekend with a acai bowl from uh, Robex. Now, question: When you have this acai bowl, like, I mean, it sounds like you were bicep curling every spoonful of it. Uh, this is a dense thing for about about nine bucks ish, uh, around that range. Yeah. Yes, in that so, neighborhood. So, like, did uh, I mean, does it really sit with you for the entire morning, or can you like skip lunch? Like, I mean. What, what's it do for you? De- well, it definitely uh, makes your innards healthier. Well, uh, yes. And it, and it heals the insides for all of the diets that I've had of Twinkies and Hostess cupcakes in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, pork rinds that I would normally consume in the morning. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm only serious. But uh, as far as what it does for you, it has so many healing ingredients with antioxidants. And, and oh, by the way, fruit's kind of good for you. Um, I found that by having that at around... 7.45 in the morning, I was uh, nicely sated uh, or satiated, depending on which it might be, uh, before lunch. I didn't have the hunger pangs, and I wasn't ravenous when lunchtime came around. So um, 
it's just, you know, along those lines, I'm starting to think about, oh, well, there's like these oatmeal overnight bowls where you prep a whole, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. let Croc, them. Uh, like you put it in a crock pot, don't you? Uh, in some cases, a crock pot, or you just put the raw ingredients like a mashed banana or yeah, yeah, yeah. rolled oats. We tried that one. Uh, you try that and you just throw them in a, in a container overnight in the fridge. Hey, it's some tasty uh, uh, oatmeal goodness. But from a fruit standpoint, uh, wow, that was really a whole lot of goodness well, cool. uh, in one. So anyway, give that a try. Um, normally, my morning consists of uh, taking the dog uh, outside to let do its, do its business and uh, doing the morning commute. I usually don't have much of a breakfast routine. Uh, I pretty much am, you know, listening to a podcast on the way to work or my hard rock music to get me amped up if I need uh, some kind of caffeinated boost. Uh, and then I hit the ground running. AJ, what do you normally do uh, for a morning routine? Well, lately, my little one gets me up uh, like clockwork at five o'clock like a rooster. And uh, so lately, uh, lately, I have been uh, enjoying my chimera. See the previous episodes about that or the Bialetti. Usually once we get him up and, and dressed and stuff, I'll usually go downstairs with him and uh, he's in the kitchen with me and, you know, making a mess of things. But he's helping dad, is, you know. Is he making you know. breakfast for you? Well, he tries. He does have this little red cup and then I usually give him like a spatula or a wooden spoon. And he does. He starts mixing it and then mm-hmm. takes the spoon and starts mixing it again. It's cute. Anyway, so he's helping dad in the kitchen. Very good. Anyway, making making coffee the, the way that I've, I've talked about ad nauseum on the show. But one thing that my, my wife and I have done um, for a while is we make avocado toast. Now, before everybody rolls their eyes, okay, the avocado toast is not anything new. We were eating it long before hipsters discovered it because we, we love avocados. And a cool hack uh, I'd like to throw in here is if you're an avocado fan, especially on the off season, try the local cash and carry. If you don't know about cash and carry, basically it's like a restaurant supply store, uh, kind of like Costco, but um, you don't need a membership. Or the uh, pain tolerance for parking in their parking lot. Right. One of the cool things they've got is they got this big bag of avocados, which I don't know how much it works out a piece, but it's it's cents as opposed to dollars and cents an avocado. And so we usually get a big satchel of those every week or two, and that's our avocado stash. Um, usually you get them and they're fairly green, so you got to let, let them sit for a while. And once one ripens, you need to start eating them because they all ripen at the same time because, you know, it's intended for a restaurant, right? But uh, no, it saves you some cashola. And uh, if you love avocado as much as we do, usually we have avocado in the morning with coffee. And then uh, either my, my lovely wife uh, carpools me in or as the weather is getting nicer, hopefully, and not snowing. Uh, I'll be taking the motorcycle into work. So usually my morning is a little less tech. Uh, I don't check my email ever in the morning. You um, don't? No. No, I will Really? Che- nope. You're a computer tech, AJ. Nope, I don't check. I, I do not check it until I literally have at least a cup of coffee in my hand and I'm at least in the office. So, you know, let me deviate from the show notes that we have here because <laughs> you're piquing my interest because, unfortunately, I like I like seeing death approaching mm-hmm. in many ways. So yeah. my eyes are open and I observe. Um, how do you handle it with your professional work? Yeah. Uh, do you have these instances where you have urgent four alarm fire of matters to take care of? 
you know, smacking you in the face as soon as you walk in the door. Well, I mean, so the the thing that I do in the morning is I do check like my calendar. Okay. Mm -hmm. And usually I'll I'll check my calendar at night. That way I know what I'm walking into the next morning because I usually want to be checked out. The only notifications that I'll check is things like related to the show. Like, you know, I had a a message from Jason this morning or um, we get a message from a listener or whatever. That type of thing. Yeah, I'll probably see it. But unless it's something that I need to address, it can wait type of a thing. But no, I like uh, I don't check my email until I get here in the office. When I'm in the office, I'm in the office. But otherwise, the morning's my family. I think I may be in a little bit different place as much as I proselytize having boundaries set up, professional mm-hmm. work-life balance boundaries that fill in the blank. I think I'm still in a place in my technological life that in case there is something going on, as I'm approaching a higher level critical thinking uh, a little bit more advanced tech so- problem to solve. I want to have that rolling around in my head for a little bit. See, I don't. And that, but you, I, obviously, you think better on your feet than I do. Well, maybe. I just, uh, the one, I guess, here's the thing that I kind of have in my head. Like, I don't want to worry about something the whole time I'm coming into the office. When I'm here, I can assess, I can evaluate, and I can just execute something and and, and get it done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have the lead time of door to door, you know, a 20, ish minute commute and then just be stewing on something. Whereas if I just walk in, I can see it, I can assess it and I can just knock it out. That's kind of how I usually operate. And I haven't seen, I really haven't seen anything like huge, like, um, cataclysmic, you know, hit me when I walk in the door. Now, yes, I, I do think on my feet a lot and a little bit of anticipation, maybe uh, if, if something is on the horizon, I'll already have it in, in back of my mind. But seeing an email and being worried about it, I think d- doesn't do me any good. So I just wait until I get on the site so I can see it. I think that's uh, it's a great way. I, I admire how you're able to handle that. I, I'm a stewer. <laughs> um, I, I like, I, I visualize uh, my successes. I sure. visualize when I see a problem or like if I get an email from a client and then, okay, I'm headed your way to your computer, et cetera, et cetera. If I'm walking to the, their office, I'm visualizing where I'm going to mouse click, sure. what, I'm, what window I'm going to open. That's really, really nerdy. But I found that that helps me become better prepared so that I can quickly ascertain a problem. Then when things go sideways after when I get, gave it my best shot that I visualized, then I have to exercise yeah. thinking on my feet. I just have, have you know, it, it kind of started in, uh, September 11th, 2001, when I woke up in the morning and saw the... That's m- what I said, unless it's something cataclysmic, yes, you know. Yes, And I think since then, maybe there's others out there uh, that felt the same, but I felt like that kind of, when you turn on the morning news and are used to seeing the traffic report with backups, uh, when you see something like a big emergency situation like that, you kind of are a little rattled. Yeah. Maybe I've had 17 years of PTSD from that. Yeah. In some acute form. But, well, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of uh, hit your curveball a little further into the park. I also don't check the news every day. I, I don't check my Facebook every day. I don't, you know, when it comes to the news, unless it's something cataclysmic, uh, I check in every Monday. Okay. And so everything else in the week, whether it is my email or what is the biggest uh, paparazzi headline of whatever it may be, it can wait. It just, for me to dwell, because a lot of people, I've heard about this a lot, is like people are clinging on to the news like their favorite reality TV show, trying to dying to find out who's going to get the axe at the end of the season. Or who's going to get the ring or the f- right, rose. Right. And Puke. really, it doesn't. I've seen a lot of people worked up and it's just like, really? Like you, do you have to see what the latest, you know, um, uh, 
suspect headline is or or superlative um uh, i don't know i just we need to be able to like you said set a parameter and for me when it comes to news i do it every monday after work you know when everything is all said and done with my email it's not until i actually check in so that i can be because again like things can change you could visualize something and the moment you get there oh you're on a mac and then out the window goes anything that you've been stirred up about. So that, that's why I usually just, you know, set a dedicated time and just knock it out. Because without being there to assess it, you can't really execute anything. So I, I think I get it now. It's like you are actually uh, not doing any work. Your mind is not doing any work that you're not getting paid for. Uh, well, you can see it that way. But the other thing is, like, um, I don't want to spend any extra time going down a rabbit hole that's not going to yield anything. You know, it does. It just it doesn't do anything any anybody any good. This is this is why the Bellingham podcast has been so <laughs> so much fun for seventy three episodes now. Uh, we have different approaches to things. We disagree on something again. And it's possible to disagree yet <laughs> find the commonality or find the the uh, Venn diagram. Uh, I just I guess you know, for those of you that. Uh, want to be in the know, and I think I'm still in that crowd. I kind of like, not because I want to seem smarter by knowing. No, uh, that's not. That's not what I mean. Which of the Kardashians torpedoed Snapchat's yeah, stock yeah. price? Uh, it was Kylie, by the way. Um, <laughs> I I don't. I'm, I'm trying to train myself to actually be in the I don't know category, in which that gives me back a whole lot more brain cells yeah. that I don't have to worry about remembering all these things. But I guess I still haven't uh, conquered that hill of not being worried about what is waiting for me in the office. I think due to previous uh, experiences where I walked into situations that were uh, pretty intense and pretty uh, you know, hostile, shall we say, sure. uh, in a professional standpoint, uh, that conditioned me in some aspects to always be prepared. Yeah, well, and it's not that I'm not walking in blind, but it's just, and I've had the same situation too. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is when you have that, that mindset that I've, what, what I've found is you can't have either your work or whatever information that you're, you're um, trying to digest consume your every waking minute. Like, I, again, I, I've, I've seen people where they come home, like the, the typical BlackBerry era, you know, the, the, the businessman or woman who has their BlackBerry and they go home and they're always on their BlackBerry. And you miss, especially if you're a, if you're a parent, you know, if you're always have your nose in the phone, you miss out on the cute little moments. And when I decided to have a kid, I wanted to make sure that I caught as many of those because you don't get them back, you know. But so anyway, so my mindset changed drastically and yeah, every so often do I stumble? Yes. Do I make a mistake on a show like m- mistaking the ruckus room in the racket? Absolutely. It's an appropriate mistake with how common But again, like it's just one of those things where I'd rather have more time kind of boots on the ground and assess something while I'm there as opposed to just being worried or, or, and again, this doesn't apply just to work. I, I see it also with people just being consumed by, you know, what's the latest headline of whatever. Is a headline really a headline anymore? That's the question. That's safe for another episode. Hey, um, for those of you listening out there, and if it's one or two of you, thanks. We appreciate it. But uh, for those of you listening, if you 
are in Camp AJ, or if you're with <laughs> Team AJ, for example, and you don't really deal with uh, your email in the morning and, or you don't care about your email, uh, or if you're with Team Chris, uh, <laughs> where you uh, kind of check your email outside of uh, work times, give us a call and leave us a voicemail about this. Area code 201-731-8324. That's 201-731-TECH. Uh, let us know how you approach your email, uh, do you have it tamed or is it uh, taking over a part of your life that you're having a tough time uh, coming to grips with? We'd love to hear from you. So along those same lines, uh, let's, let, so it's a whole, it, it's been one episode. So we have a bit, the helpful hacks bit. Do we have a, do we have a jingle? Dun, 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 dun helpful hack. <laughs> if there's anybody out there that really wants to do some pro bono jingle work, please get a hold of us. 201-731-TECH. <laughs> Bail me out, folks. We need a pro <laughs> to help us with these jingles. So uh, in light of all of the uh, political hoot nanny and headline hoot nanny, and man, there's a lot of hoot nanny. When we recorded that episode last week, it was before all of this news about Facebook and Analytica and all this other jazz broke, which I thought was, I, I found hilarious because we did that bit about, you know, hey, taking back your digital lives, make a website, and then boosh. Maybe we have more than one or two people <laughs> listening to the show, AJ. How about that? So We uh, got our own hashtag. So the Bellion Podcast, we're not a news nor political show, nor do we want to be one. But so we're going to scrap the political side of this and just point out there's a lot of people from the tech side of things that are concerned of what they should do. And you and I have mentioned this time and time again, where Facebook's kind of a, a social media in general, it's a double-edged sword where you've invested all of this time in your content. And what if you leave? And there are some people that have, you know, they've documented their lives and that's where they back up their photos or whatever. Uh, in the show notes, I have uh, two, uh, two links for you. One is how to download your Facebook. Yes, you heard me right. You can download your Facebook, all those videos, all those photos. The things that don't get downloaded are your interactions. But if you're if you liked a certain thing like a band or whatever, it'll give you a roster of like bands that you've liked or whatever. What a great uh, recap of who you were in 2012 yeah. and what you liked then versus now. Or if you're like me and you purged all that long ago. But uh, I to, to quote what we say on the show, I'll go first. I decided to go down the road both as a business and as a personal uh, account. I went in, I clicked the link, I downloaded my Facebook and just to see what they give you. Um, once you uh, once you go through your settings and you uh, you ask for a download, you have to put in your password several times because they want to make sure it's you. And they also prompt you that bear in mind that you are downloading your Facebook you might want to make sure you're on a on your machine, like at home, yeah, because don't, it's your stuff, right? Don't do this at <laughs> your local coffee shop with free wireless folks. That's <laughs> yeah. just w w waiting to get uh, having a bad time. So, so anyway, this is a backup of your everything that everything that they're going to give you, and in doing so, um, so my profile was about 500 megs, so about a half a gig to download. How many years was that? Well, that's a little bit of a funny story. So I've been with Facebook since it was open to college students. However, those era, I used some tech ninjutsu and got rid of pretty much everything from when I started to about my uh, my exit of grad school. So there's a good chunk of my life that's gone on there just because I didn't want it out there long ago. Anyway, that's me. So the most recent stuff is usually just videos that I've uploaded or stuff about our show. It's it's just stuff that I know is already there. I want to know how much that that costs. And that costs about 500 megs. 
And uh, with it, they also give you some HTML uh, pages that you can right mouse click and open with and put it into your favorite browser. So you can kind of click on things and it will show you how all of those uh, things are uh, organized in your zip file. Uh, if you if if you're if you are concerned about your Facebook, this is a way that you can back it up before you push the big delete button. Or again, you can also suspend your account on Facebook. That means your data is still out there, but um, you know you're not you don't have an active profile. So there's two routes that you can go: download it and hit delete, uh, and then also you can just suspend it and uh, you know disappear from the network for a while. But you can always reactivate or just take a break. Yeah, or take a break. And and there are some there's people out there that do that. And they make avocado toast in the morning. Uh, sure. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's one. Two. The other thing I would like to point out is you can also, if you're a bit, if you have a business page, a small or big business, you can download your business stuff the exact same way. You do have to be signed into your business page to do so, and you will get the same type of zip file. So if you did have content that you want to use on other networks, the thing about this from the business side is that you may have put a time investment into doing short videos or shorts that you don't want to recreate the wheel. This is a way that you can get that content uh, and that way you can repurpose it later. And then you can again hit delete on your pages. Uh, lastly on this bit that I want to point out is uh, there is kind of an uprising in you know who's going to be the next big social network, whatever. Uh, for a while, there's been a uh, kind of indie, I'll call them an indie social network called Vero. Uh, I believe it's Latin for truth. Vero is basically a, uh, it's kind of, it's more app-based type of a thing. Um, it's kind of like if Facebook and Instagram and Path kind of had a weird social media love, uh, love child. That's kind of what they position themselves as. A lot of Instagrammers have moved over to them because they have some extra features that are nice, but I'm not going to go into depth about that social network, but it is out there if you want to take a look at it. Uh, I got a link in the show notes. What's nice about it is here's a network where they're trying to be kind of like um, in the early days of our show, we talked about Ello who is open source. Hello. Hello. Open source and also social network. Creati creatives have kind of clomped onto that one. Vero kind of wants to be for the Vox Populi. What's cool about it is, uh, if you recall back in the early th uh, 30s and 40s uh, episodes of the Bellingham Podcast, uh, Chris and I talked about tech addiction and digital addiction. Oh, it still exists. And Vero puts it front and center. They actually have a dashboard that they enacted as of yesterday, at the time of this recording, where you can see the usage info of how long you've time sucked on their network Ooh. per day and aggregated that could give a lot of that could make a lot of people squirm well it, it's 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 a nice reminder that it, again vero is kind of um they kind of poke fun of themselves like yeah we're the next social network and we also want you to know you shouldn't be doing a lot of stuff on us you should be doing living life you know uh, anyway, it's a little tongue in cheek, but uh, I have a link in the show notes for th for that as well. Uh, they are they. What's interesting about them is they have a public manifesto. Again, kind of taking a page out of Ello. Uh, in their manifesto, they state that they do not uh, are not intending their network to be monetized through ads. They want your data to be your data. Okay, cool. This is all again. They, they've been around before the the Facebook issues. The other interesting thing is, is that originally the first one, uh, one million members who signed up would have a free account in perpetuity because how they intend to monetize is to upfront charge you every month for your profile. Now they have now suspended that probably because they have gotten a uh, groundswell of people on their network. But again, bear in mind, much like uh, Chris and I talked about last week that data costs. Facebook had 500 megs of my stuff stored on their servers that I just now took off. And Vero is going to be charging, presumably in the future, 
for you to use their service. And this is not anything new. We pay for phone service. We pay for web hosting. You know, in the future, I think out of this, people are going to realize that data costs one way or another. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Should we stick a fork in this? Uh, I think we should stick a fork in this. Uh, Do your thing. Wrap it up. Okay. That wraps it up for this edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, and anywhere else you love to podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might listen to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. Low Power Community Radio. Here in the heart of the city by the Salish Sea. On that note, I'm AJ Farsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Oh man, I I have to say I love the hook of Hurricane Halios. I think that would uh, that goes over well. I would say the Watch Fam ought to love that yeah, one. I hope so.